Cincinnati. Welcome to episode 224 of Cincinnati, the Bengals UK podcast. My name is Paul Hirons, and I must warn you, you're not going to get a lot of sense out of me tonight. Um, I'll tell you where you will get some sense from. It's Nathan Palmer. He is a veritable sense machine, aren't you, Nathan? Well, I don't know about that, but um, I'll do my best to dissect um, another below par performance from our beloved Cincinnati Bengals. Indeed. Do you know what? I don't care, though, because I just beat the Ravens uh, on Retro Bowl 38-14. So I'm very happy with the rookie, Donny Granson, um, uh, scoring twice, two touchdowns. So very happy, very happy. In fact, I'm going to concentrate. I think we should break down that game, to be honest, rather than the one on Sunday, if you're up for that. Because uh, I've got some solid handles as well in my team. Have you ever played Retro Bowl before? Have you done no, that? No, I'm, I'm intrigued. It's a great though. little game for your phone if uh, if you haven't got it. Retro Bowl. Marvellous. And I am the Cincinnati Bengals. My name is Sydney Tit on the in this game. I've won, I've won four Super Bowls so far. Jaleel Ridder at quarterback. Uh, Quinnin Colone at running back. Certainly some solid handles. Javian Bradham at tight end. Good player, Javian. He's been with me a few years now. Uh, Donny Granson, as I mentioned. Cedric Gray, another wide receiver. Been with me a few couple of rings he's he's won. Ataro Hampton. Avante Daphne. And <laughs> <laughs> Will Wilson. <laughs> and Diamante Rudolph. Wow. As the kicker. Imagine having a kicker called Diamante Rudolph. That's good. No, that's possibly the most solid of the handles. Solid of the handles. So I'm all up for breaking down my retro bowl victory over the uh, the Ravens, thirty-eight fourteen. Uh, but I suppose uh, we need to break down the the actual game, don't we? We do, and I mean, obviously, better than it was against the Browns. But you're not, yeah, that's not not much mm. to shout about in its own senses it's still a below par performance at home um definitely some you know some positives i guess to take out of it but i think you come away with more question marks than you come in with especially you know talking about things like joe burrow's car for one yeah well obviously um well it's not obvious at all but i i will tell you now to confirm if you were wondering we are recording this on the monday monday the 18th of september and uh no doubt there will be more news in the Monday press conference from uh, Zach Taylor. And Zach yesterday said, you know, just be patient. We'll be there. We'll, this is not the team we will be at the end of the year. It's a long season, etc. Um, but it's difficult not to be a bit concerned. And uh, that's fine. I think we're all there. I think we're all reasonable, rational 
human beings, aren't we, Nathan? We and we also know that this team has been there before um, for the past couple of years, and this is the thing that we really wanted this team to put right this season was to get off to a better start because you know you're you're messing around with the law of averages here. If you if you have to start to win sort of ten games in a row again, the law of averages kind of says. You ain't going to do that every season. Um, so you need to... I wanted to see a, a faster start from the team. And, uh, and we haven't got that, have we? That's for sure. No, I, I think a part of it as well is obviously it's been a slow start from us. And the irony is we've got the whole squad out there. You know, we're not really missing anyone on offence, certainly, which has been probably the biggest issue. And, you know, that is a full-strength a full strength team out there, a full-strength line. You've got your number one running back. You've got your receivers. You've got Joe Boy out there. And that's a disappointing part in some ways. Is you've got all the guns. Um, they're just not firing at the moment. But you haven't got and, the bullets. Nathan. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I think I think where it is as well, and this is where you honestly just have to take your hat off to an extent, is I think the strength of our division and the strength of the AFC is a lot a lot higher this year. And I I don't I said at the start <laughs> of the season, I don't think we've necessarily got any better. I don't think we're that much worse. But the Ravens the Ravens were a really good team and ran us all the way to the to the wire in the playoffs to the backup quarterback. You bring Lamar Jackson um into the mix there, you get some players back, you get to add Zay Flowers for them as the you know, he looks like a fantastic young player coming through. You know, you've got Odell Beckham on the team with him now, but I mean, he went out early yesterday. But they are a really good team, the Ravens. And, you know, I, I don't doubt they'll be one of the serious contenders to um, for the Super Bowl. Losing by three, if you just looked at it on paper, you'd say, well, you know, it's not the end of the world, is it? Or, you know, but obviously after, you know, we the performance itself, I think there was a lot of question marks. And, um, yeah, obviously now, you like you said, you're backing yourself into a bit of a corner, aren't you, being 0-2. Um, not only on the season, but obviously in the division as well, and that is a that is a difficult pit to climb out of because you can't really afford to lose more what more than three, four games really between now and the end of the season. Um, so your margin for error becomes a lot thinner than it was a week or two ago. I've got a few takes, hot takes, Nathan. You ready for these? Go on. I might sprinkle them in. To be, actually, one. I've got one hot take. Um, my my, it's to do with Joe Burrow and the. Actually, no. Should we do the? Maybe we should. I'm excited also, Nathan, because I get to play this for the first time this season, and it's a it's a revamped version of the old favourite. Are you ready? Go on, then. There you go, a revamped reaccione uh, with actual humans. Uh, well, the last one was with humans, but kind of, you know, moulded uh, in a very bad way. But this was actually sung by human beings at our meet-up last week. So thank you to everyone that took part in the reaccione uh, sing-along and record. Um, and if you've not heard that before, wondering how, what on earth is that, it's basically... Uh, kind of a little theme tune to uh, Reaccione segment, which is basically us breaking down a game and reacting to the game and what happened at the weekend. Um, so the Ravens uh, 27, the Cincinnati Bengals 24. Uh, couldn't quite pull off the comeback victory. Um, uh, as Nathan mentioned, we go to 0-2. And uh, it's safe to say it was a strange game, I thought, full of... 
strangeness. <laughs> I I don't know where to start on this one. Um, good, oh, well, let's start at the beginning. The first half was was as bad offensively as the um, the Cleveland game, and this is my hot take, right? I I think we all acknowledge. Joe Boy didn't look right physically, wasn't quite there mentally, perhaps you could argue as well, but certainly not physically, 100%. I think that's a fair enough thing to say, right? Yep. My hot take is this. While we're all shouting at the screen, why aren't we pushing the ball down the field? Why are we looking so vanilla? Why are we looking so conservative? I think it's to, I think it was del- it's been deliberate to to cater for Joe's not peak physical condition. I don't think, you know, you, you have to be vanilla and conservative if your number one saviour quarterback is uh, is not is not firing on all, all cylinders. He's about, what, 80% out there? Um, so I do think, you know, while it's easy to have a go at the, uh, well, Zach and Brian, let's face it, um, I, I got a feeling that that's the game plan they've been coming up with. They're almost like, look, we've got to almost write these, not write them off, but... We've got to come up with a game plan that caters for Joe not being able to move around that much, not being able to fire it downfield. Uh, so that's my that's my hot take. I, I do believe that was the case last week. It was certainly the case in the first half this this week. Um, although Joe looked a bit better in the first half mobility-wise, certainly looked better in the second half mobility wise but yeah i what do you think i think that's i think that's my hot take i think they deliberately um vanillaized the the uh, the game plan to cater for joe's inability to move around too much yeah i think it's probably a bit of that and i think definitely there's just rust there for the team as well not really being all on the same page and you know perhaps not playing as they'd like to or as freely as they'd like to and and that's all of that i mean it's concerning though because you take obviously you know you're at home in a game like that the Ravens got a few players missing in the secondary and you know you take that incredible punt return for a touchdown off the board and you're scoring 17 points you know in a game that you really needed to sort of perform better than that you know we've we've gone three and out a great stat from pro football network today three and out on 46 percent of drives which is the worst in the nfl through two weeks and like i said when you've got a team like this and you've got the weapons that we've got we've got the you know revamped offensive line the cohesion with the you know the offensive coordinator and head coach you know is still there i really find that slightly slightly frustrating sure joe burrow might be carrying a bit of a a knock there, but you still got some incredible players. You talk about, you know, maybe they're trying to protect him. He threw the ball 41 times. You ran it 15 times. And one of them's him running it. So that certainly wasn't a designed run play. So, you know, they certainly put the ball in his hands. They tried to sort of make things happen through that, which is fair enough. I think there's a lot of people that will rightly come out and say, you know, if he's not a hundred percent, why risk him then? You know, we know we want him out there and he's, you know, probably even at 80%, 70%, like he's been in the last two weeks, still a, probably a better option than Jake Browning. And I think you go back to the preseason now, we were sort of talking about that that sort of battle with Brandon Allen going out and Trevor Simeon fighting Jake Browning. Obviously, they were very coy, the Bengals, on Joe Burrow and the condition of his calf. You weren't quite sure if, you know, it was one of those things where they were just sort of wrapping him up in cotton wool, but actually he was fine, or it was a bit more of a serious injury. And I do think that, 
you know, certainly considering it's flared up in the first sort of two weeks and he hasn't looked that mobile out there and has certainly tried to sort of scheme things a certain way, it makes me slightly, you know, unsure slash confused at why you would then go with someone like Jake Browning as your backup. Because if Joe Burrow can't play against the Rams on Monday night and you're trying to avoid going 0-3 against the Rams, who look very good, you know, I'll coming into the season didn't think a lot of them yeah we'll come on that, to that later i think but uh, yeah but but that terrifies me the thought of you know rolling out someone like jake browning for his first ever nfl start but, Monday but night the question football. has to be asked though if uh, here is the question nathan um if joe burrow turns around and says he's not 100 percent, he's probably not going to come out in the media and say this but you know um if he's not 100 percent well, he has come out and said he's good enough in the past, which, yeah, which which kind of um, says, you know, or implicates that he's not a hundred percent. He's around that seventy to eighty percent. He's good enough to play. Um, if he sort of turns around and says, you know, he's good enough, do do you get him to sit for a couple of weeks just to rest it up, and do you just take the hit and? It's an impossible one, isn't it? And I'm talking more out of just like frustration that it's happened as a fan because you're completely right. There's no, you know, easy option. If Joe Burrow turns up and says, I'm good enough to go here, you know, it's the start of the season. Like I've said before, you've got two crucial divisional games. They're always crucial games, hard games, two good teams, the Browns and the Ravens. If you don't play him, not that you're admitting defeat, but you know it's going to be a real struggle going in there with Jake Browning for both games. And, you know, if we went 0-2 with Jake Browning and, you know, a lot of people will be saying, look, can Joe Burrow not get out there? Now he's got to come back and, you know, he's, you know, he's sort of um, obviously, you know, got to take some time to get back in. Maybe it's too late. Maybe we should have risked him a bit more um, to save the season. So I don't think you can win either way with that argument. But, yeah, it, it's definitely concerning now because he re-aggravates something like that. That was the worry at the start of the season when he first got the injury at the start of the preseason. It was like, well, you know, these calf injuries, they can linger and they can flare up. And, you know, when you've got some of these guys like Jadavian Clowney running at you and, you know, falling on top of you and chasing you around, um, it's not necessarily the right sort of TLC that you'd like. Well, to and, and next week you've got, you've got Aaron Donald coming at you for yeah, Steve. Exactly. You know, so, yeah, tricky one. And my theory that they've been game planning for around Joe Burrow's calf strain, uh, it kind of stacks up a little bit, but I'm going to kind of counter-argue my own theory. Um, you'd expect more of a run game, more reliance on a run game. Yeah. And that hasn't happened, which has surprised me, um, especially as Joe Mixon, to be fair, Mix has looked pretty good to start the season. Yep. And he's been running really, really hard. Um, so perhaps, you know, that theory is a load of old nonsense for me. Wouldn't be surprised, wouldn't be the first time. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, I mean they, whenever they ran the ball yesterday, um, yeah, yesterday, they looked pretty good. Um so I'm surprised they didn't stick with it. The receivers weren't getting open in that first half at all. Um, they weren't using the middle of the field at all. A um, couple of crucial plays to Irv Smith, uh, which, I don't know. Um, let's just say that, that keeps the jury out on Irv Smith a little bit. One tough catch on, uh, on the sideline. Couldn't get his feet in bound when perhaps he should have done. Uh, one catch that uh, if he'd have evaded, again, it's easier said than done from us sitting thousands of miles away behind a laptop eating Doritos all evening. But, um, uh, you know, if, 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 
there was if he could have got away I think it was Kyle Hamilton if he could got away from Kyle Hamilton he was he was probably going to run the length of the field to score but alas he was tackled um so you can put your finger basically they didn't play well offensively on in the first half um and yet it was still 13-10 and that's thanks to Charlie Jones's fantastic uh, Punt return for a touchdown, one of the bright spots yesterday. Um, congratulations to him on his first ever NFL touchdown. Um, but yeah, 13-10. And again, you kind of think, right, there's going to be some adjustments here. And, um, uh, you know, we were in, we were, you know, despite being compl- fairly dominated by the Ravens, time of possession, total yards, all the rest of it, um, we were still in that game. Um, yeah, and we were still in it right, you know, until they managed just to close it out at the end there, the Ravens. But, um, yeah, it was, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. It was just, I think, no, I I think as well, like I've been such a big advocate of the the defense and, you know, how well they've played. And that's the first time in a while that they just weren't perhaps at their best yesterday. I think real lack of pressure on Lamar Jackson at times no sacks no turnovers and you know you've got to give credit to the Ravens it's a very good offense you know Lamar Jackson he'll run you down he'll wear you out he can evade you he can make things happen out of nothing and he did a great job of that yesterday they've got some seriously good weapons like I said with Mark Andrews and you will be on Beckham there now and Bateman and Zay Flowers it's Tough one for the Bengals. It'll be one of the best, you know, all-round offenses they'll play throughout the season. Obviously, they're missing J.K. Dobbins, but you know, still Gus Edwards and Justice Hill are not a bad little um, tandem running the ball. So, yeah, I think that for the defense's sake, that's the first time in a while that you'd say, "Oh, it's a bit of a disappointment." They couldn't perhaps make something, you know, more than that happen. You don't really want to be shipping twenty-seven points um, at home in a divisional game like that, and I think that's going to be have to be something that. You know, people like your younger players, like your Dax Hills and Cam Taylor Brits, um, that they're going to have to sort of, you know, learn on the job with that and take it forward next yeah, week. Yeah, and I thought, I thought, I thought Dax played pretty well yesterday. Actually, yeah, um, no, I'm not, I'm not singling um, anyone out. CTV too, but, but yeah, I just think, you know, you look at the two, the difference between the two teams on offense, right? You look at um, going back to the first half again. The Bengals just look really static, really conservative. There's not a lot of pre-snap movement there was just you know what I mean there looked at a lack of energy and confidence perhaps uh whereas the 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 Ravens came out they looked well drilled well coached and we we spoke about or at least uh I I thought that perhaps the signing of Todd Munkin a new offensive coordinator for the Ravens um could be the pivotal signing in the division actually because he sort of the Ravens were doing yesterday what they should have been doing for the past two or three years, I thought. They've invested in the wide receiver core. They drafted um, in that area, in that room, for that room as well. They've got, let, they're letting Lamar Jackson pass it first and foremost. They But they're using his fantastic running back-like skills if they need to. That, as I say, they look well-drilled. They look very sharp. They look very confident. There was lots of movement and and motion and and kind of interesting innovations there and they they just looked you know a couple of steps ahead of us really and yet in the second half we started to come to life i i wonder if there was a sense at half time where uh where zach and brian kind of just said you know what we've got to however 
Joe Boy is feeling we're going to lose this game if we don't open things up a little bit. And suddenly you saw passes over the middle, which you didn't really see. T Higgins got involved uh, and they were marching down the field. And if it wasn't for that, uh, that interception that Joe Boy threw, um, you know, it could have been a slightly different game. We were, we were in a position to win that game, really. And we had no right to at the end of that first half, because I say we were being outplayed uh, and outscored in terms of yardage. Um, and yet we were there till the end. But I just think the Ravens were a little bit sharper. They they went on very long drives. They kind of kept the ball. And, and as I say, when Jam- uh, Lamar Jackson is in that kind of mood, there was a beautiful... I think Cheeto got beat, didn't he, by Aguilar for that uh, touchdown. But lovely touch throw over the over the head, over the shoulder of Aguilar. Um So he had everything really. He wasn't trying to force it. He was. He just looked in control, Lamar Jackson. And when when Lou bought pressure through blitzes and whatnot, he just kind of sidestepped them and off he went in in his Lamar Jackson way. So. I thought um, Ravens were just a better team yesterday, and yet we still had a chance to win, which is encouraging. And certainly in that second half, we look more, offensively look more like the team that we know and love. Really, they were starting to move the ball very nicely. Um, but yeah, we're gonna have to wait and see what happens against uh, for next next Monday night. Is a Monday night game, prime time, isn't it? So. Yeah, it was, it was disappointing, though. Disappointing, I thought. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's disappointing because you come into the season and, you know, we sat there and I was mindful of this when we were talking about it and we had all the correspondence of, you know, how many wins are we going to have? And I think I was the most negative person there <laughs> saying 11 wins. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people saying 13, 14 wins, you know, it's going to be this and that, number one seeds. And, you know, really going into the season, why would you not think that? A lot of people around in the press are picking us to win the Super Bowl. And it was a very positive sentiment out there as far as we knew. Joe Burrow was coming in, you know, healthy-ish, you know, and he should be ready to go. And, you know, you've got all your weapons there. There's no one that's, you know, had a nasty injury in training camp or in the preseason. You felt positive. Um, and I think you're right. This team, look, at the end of the day, it's a three-point loss to a Super Bowl contender at home. It's not the end of the world. You're playing with your quarterback who's, you know, slightly banged up. The, the issue, I think, lies more in... If you could magically get the magic sponge out and stick it on Joe Burrow's calf and he was, you know, all of a sudden back in there ready to go Monday night and he was 100%, you'd say, I'm not worried whatsoever. You know, we can certainly, in the 15 games to go, win 10 of them, realistically, 10 out of 15 games. You'd say, no problem, that'll probably get you in the playoffs. And then, sure, yeah, you'd love a home game, you'd love a seed, whatever. But the reality is, is once you get in there, who knows what can happen? We've done it before, we can do it again. But... The worrying thing now is that calf, isn't it? And if it, even if he gets through the game against the Rams, even if he gets through the game after that against the Titans, that kind of, you feel, will just be lingering throughout the season and teams will know about it and they'll scheme for it and yeah. they'll probably, in some ways, you know, leave a little bit extra on there um, to get some pressure on him and to get him out of the pocket. Yeah, and to right. Get well, that's the key thing, isn't it? He's not going to be able to, to flush himself out of the pocket. He's not going to be able to... To move around that, you know, because part of Joe Boy's game is to move around and to evade pressure, and you know he's pretty good at that. Um, but if he can't, if he can't move outside of the pocket, maybe roll right a few times. I mean, the the in, that touchdown he threw to T Higgins was uh, was on the move. He was rolling out right, and that was a great play. That yeah, great tremendous, play. absolutely brilliant. 
And um, you know, they said there's lot. There was lots to like yesterday. In certainly that's and you know the first half the defense stuck at it and they looked all right. The second half, you know, um, they uh, they didn't look so good. But you have to you have to be um, uh, you know you have to be um, mindful of the fact that how long. I mean, they were pretty much out there all the time in the first half. Yeah. You know, and I think. Uh, Picking up from a, a tweet, um, a, an interesting stat. Um, in 2022, um, uh, after their own two start last, it was last year, obviously. They um, defensive snaps they had 116, so that was the 11th fewest. Uh, missed tackles uh, percentage was nine percent, so that was second best. Open target percentage. Um, in coverage, forty-two point two percent. That was second best. However, this time around, they played a hundred. The defense. This is. They played one hundred and forty-nine snaps, the fifth most in the league. Um, missed tackles. They're now eighteenth worst or best. I can't remember in the league. And open target uh, percentage is second worst in the league, with seventy-three percent. So they've been out there for longer, and they're doing. They're not quite doing the the little things right, really. Whether that's down to tiredness and fatigue, uh, who knows? But yeah, uh, I'm sure lose on this. I'm sure lose on this. But and he's always had trouble with Lamar Jackson. Let's let's face it. Lamar Jackson looked fit. They've got a scheme that suits him. That again, they're they're sharp and they've got good skill position players now for the first time. A full complement of skill position. And I don't want to go on about the Ravens, but I think honestly, where credit is where credit is due. They looked a good team last night, and like you said, they looked as though they could be contender. But I think there's stuff to work on, obviously. And defensively, I think people are going nuts because we didn't get much pressure on Lamar. Um, but, you know, you can't sort of throw the kitchen sink at Lamar all the time because yeah. he's just going to run away from it. Do you know what I mean? He's He's got that in his legs, you know. He's got that skill. Um, so you have to vary, vary approaches with Lamar. And it didn't quite come off yesterday. Uh, and whatever Lou did, it didn't quite come off because because Lamar was on top of his game. He's healthy. He's he's up for it. He's well paid now. His future's settled. And he's looks pretty focused and played pretty well. So yeah, credit where credit is due. I thought they were sharper, and yet again, uh, we had a chance to win, which tells you that we're not too far away. Do you know what I think this team really needs? It needs you. one of these. It, <laughs> it needs one of these young guys on the defensive line to step up and make a name for themselves and really sort of break through a bit. Because I do think. The pressure on the offensive line, I'm uh, sorry, the pressure the defensive line has been generating, it's solid. Like, Trey's numbers were down last year, but I think because he's really the sort of number one threat. You know, Sam Hubbard's a good all-round player, but he's not, you know, that elite sort of pass rusher. And I do think that teams sort of know, right, if, well, as long as we can contain Trey Hendrickson here, you know, we're not going to get too much coming. And yeah, I think people like... I think people like your sort of Miles Murphy's. Obviously, he's not going to get too much, 
you know, snaps, you know, in the, I guess in year one, but you kind of almost need someone like him and an Asaya, Zach Carter, Josh Tubu. I do, I do think that, I mean, Asaya's back next week by all accounts. I think, I think we'll see a difference when Asaya plays, I think. Well, I was going to say, we need someone like him to just step up and really sort of, you know, make a name for himself. I just think you need that extra threat on the the defensive line to just put a bit of pressure on a quarterback, you know, force a, force a fumble, you know, just sort of like get the quarterback off of, um, off of his stall a bit. I, I just think that's the one thing we have lacked a little bit. And like I said, I think it's very easy for teams to say, right, you know, if we can get our best player on Trey Hendrickson and, you know, get someone at the tight end of the line to just chip him off or something and just, you know, throw him off, then we can sort of, um, you know, we can keep the Bengals at bay. There's not one sack yesterday against Lamar. And you normally, the amount that he's got the ball in his hands, you think you'd have one or two on him and, you know, get him down. But yeah, I think that's just something they've got to work on. Matt Stafford's certainly not going to give you that same problem as Lamar next week. So hopefully they no, can... No, but, but Stafford's playing pretty well for well, the, the, the Rams look fantastic, don't they? I mean, they. I don't think many people thought they'd be that much of a threat but I think you know certainly considering they played the 49ers yesterday and you know Cooper Cup's out I think they've looked very good yeah uh, just a word about the offensive line I, I've been quietly impressed they haven't been blowing uh, anyone away with you know but they, they've done alright you know I mean only six pressures uh, conceded yesterday Jonah Williams with two pressures and a sack Kappa one pressure Karras zero pressures Volson two Brown, uh, Orlando Brown, uh, one pressure. So they're doing okay. They're doing okay. I think it's been a reasonable start for those guys. Um, right, uh, we've got lots of correspondence, lots of <laughs> angry people. So let's let's uh, let's bring you lot in, shall we? Okay, Andrew Dockerell at Dockers seventy seven. Not good at all. A backup secondary and our skill group couldn't consistently do anything. Even a one-legged burrow should have had clear windows to throw into. Frustrated how often we went to dump-offs short of the line again. Offence felt compressed with really zero deep shots. Agree, you know, and I, again, I'll go back to all those little swing passes and check downs. And, you know, it's not death by a thousand paper cuts here, is it? It's You do need to take the odd deep shot. But if Joe Boy is uncomfortable, then going to be difficult i do wonder whether that's that's the reason why we're not seeing this more expansive uh offense there um michael smith at conniving underscore crow solid handle we're really feeling the consequences of joe not being 100 percent. a poor d since the second half of the browns game and the collective loss of bell bates and hurst that said i think is there a debate on whether to rest joe until he's 100 percent, even on his new contract I think there is a debate to be had, really. I mean, the debate is, would you rather play a Joe Burrow at 70% or a Jake Browning or a Greer at their full 100%? I I don't know. Tricky tricks and Sam Anger at Sam underscore Anger. Uh, Not the ideal start to a season. I just don't think Burrow looks right, nor do I think he was in the first game. And the spark from last season seems like forever ago with how it's looking right now. When Joe is right, so will everybody else. It's just when. We will recover. Um, Jamie at Trickart Beaster. Uh, Bummer to take. Instead of completely failing like week one, today's offense sputtered and occasionally turned over in the first half. Before coming to life, despite still sounding broken, 
in the second. In the end, two back-to-back plays seal it. The Burrow interception nearing the end zone and the subsequent deep catch by Zay Flowers. I have to say that was a hell of a throw and yeah. a hell of a catch that was. Um, that put us in under the water. The only signs of life's were gas a lot of metaphors in James' tweets this week. Uh, we'll bounce back, I've no doubt about that, and I think Joe can play through the knock, but we have to be careful. This might be the time to go and get that slightly better backup QB. And the fact that they cut Leal Collins last week, you haven't mentioned that yet. Um, yeah. So they have saved a bit of cap space, which does take... I know they ha- like to have at least £10 million in the bank uh, for insurance purposes, for, any, you know... You know, if they need to sign a new player because of an injury or whatever, uh, this is that. This could be that moment. Carson Wentz is a Bengal. Do you fancy that, Nathan? Uh, it's interesting, isn't it? I, I don't know. I, I, I think this is where you'd like to sort of think the coaching staff, knowing Burrow's condition um, in training camp, may have gone and done something like that earlier. I just think when you get a guy off the street that doesn't know the offense and doesn't know the um the schemes, I always think it's a little bit troublesome. But I'm not being funny. If you I think if you got Carson Wentz starting against the Rams on Monday um versus Jake Brown and you'd have to go with Wentz. I think everyone would go with Wentz. Whatever you think of him, I know he's had a very up and down career, but he's got that higher ceiling than Jake Browning. And Jake Browning it'd be his first game, Monday night football. I I mean I'm just not sure that fills anyone with confidence. And I think I don't think Jake Browning looked that bad in the preseason. I thought he had some decent plays. I think the coaching staff like him. They must think he's got, you know, worth bringing back and everything else and, you know, putting him on the active roster and not Will Greer. So I don't know. It's difficult, isn't it? But, you know, are you this, you know, we all know there's enough people that need paying on the Bengals at the moment and they're trying to stash some cash for, you know, a day, do you really want to go and throw millions of dollars? Not that it, I don't know really how much you'd have to pay someone like Carson Wentz, but is he going to come off the sofa and, you know, he's not going to do it for cheap, is he, as a quarterback? So, yeah. And, and then are you saying what? Like, how many games is he going to play? One, two? How, how bad is Burrow's calf? You know, because I don't think you could afford to. Well, you've got, you four, know, you've got four games until the bye. Yeah. Now, do you put, if Burrow is not fit to go, do you put him on IR and just say, look, use this month to get yourself fixed, but you, you you know. could be I mean you look at who we're playing the Rams are decent and you're away at the Titans you maybe fancy that but you, you know you could be like Cardinals one... though playing the Cardinals Sorry? then you've got the Cardinals these next four games are winnable this is the thing uh, Rams at home yeah the Rams have sort of perhaps exceeded expectations so far so that'll be a tough game tough game at Tennessee but we have their number and then we have uh, the Cardinals away and then who who do we have after that Seahawks. The Seahawks, a winnable game, but they're you know they're a good team as well. So, but it's winnable at home. So, God, you know, there's still a chance that we'll enter the bye week. For there's still a chance, but I would say that chance really solely lies with whether Joe Burrow's fit or not. And I, I don't know. I think it's going to be tricky. And then you know, if he's not fit, what do you do? Do you put him on IR for those four games, get someone else in, or go to Browning and just say, look, manage these games, and we'll try and. You know, get I, our guys I, going. I think the problem is, is if you tried to get through to the bye week and he, you know, and to be fair, giving him five weeks like that or however long it'd be, five, six weeks, you'd probably get him in a pretty good state. He'd probably be, you know, very much nicely healed there, be a nice rest for him. But I think if you go with Browning or Will Greer or even Carson Wentz or whoever is out there, a bit of a more inexperienced backup, you made a trade, whatever, 
I think you'd do very well to win more than one out of those four games. And if you were going I mean, in... A, I mean, equally, we could end up at the bye week two and, two and four, one and four. Two and four, I think you could just about salvage something. Because, uh, you know, I think it'd be difficult, but you could salvage something. Could have, you'd have to go on a hell of a run. Yeah, I was going to say, you'd have to not lose... But, you don't if, you're, yeah, exactly. if you're one and five, you know, it's curtains. I, I just don't, you'd have to almost, you wouldn't have to win out, but you you maybe could afford to lose one game, um, you know, from there on out, maybe two if you were being very, very lucky and it was all very tight. But you, you've also got some hell of a teams to play down the stretch. You know, you've got to rely on going away to the Ravens. You've got to play the Chiefs, you know, you've got some pretty damn good teams. 49ers. There. The Niners, yeah, exactly. The Bills, you know, there's some... Some he- heavy games, the Jags as well. Like it, it'd be really difficult. But it also, ask. it also sort of properly focuses the mind. I have to say, it's like right, this yeah. is what you're going to do again. Every game's a cup final, etc., etc. You wouldn't put it past them. I, I agree. No, with you, no, after last season, but, I just. Oof, what, yeah. what do you think on my, just just straight answer? What do you think about the Rams game in terms of Burrow? Is he going to play or not in your mind? Uh, well, uh, we'll say it, and then Zach might say something in a press conference. So it's not worth it, really. But I hope so. I'll leave it at that. Um, Memphis Soul Stewart at Stewart Bears six eight eight. Was Joe rushed into starting? Let's face it. Uh, starting QB two for games one and two would have yielded the same results. But giving Joe longer to recover and potentially better performance as the season goes on. Now, that's an interesting argument. The argument there by going, look, we've lost these two games. We would have probably lost them anyway with Jake Browning on the centre. So why didn't we rest Joe for those extra two weeks? Because Burrow could win you those games. You'd expect him, I think, 80%. You'd expect him to still have a very good chance at home against the Ravens, away against the Browns. You know, you'd like to think that you could go one and one. The talent that he's got around him on both sides of the ball, you'd say, look, we can make something happen here. And even if, you know, if you were to nick that game against the Ravens and, you know, the NFL is a funny game. The Ravens had the ball, like, you know, we had the ball, it was only like three points in it at the end. All it takes is a crazy fumble or like something mad to happen at the end there. And you, you nick a win. We wouldn't have deserved it, but you know, all of a sudden one and one, you've beaten the Ravens, you know, you joint second in the division. You don't feel, you know, particularly bad about anything, do you? So I don't know. It's all very, like I said before, it's very easy this to use hindsight and say woulda shoulda coulda we'd have all been furious if we were 0-2 and, and Jake Brown had looked shit for two weeks and we would have said look well, you know we can't really afford this maybe we should have been a bit more aggressive with getting Joe Boy out there um, and then obviously Joe Boy goes into that Rams game even if he can start then and he hasn't had any you know prep with the offense so you know you might lose that one as well because he he hasn't really had a chance to sort of dust the cobwebs off so yeah, it's very easy to use hindsight in these situations, but, you know, we'll no, see. I agree. Simon Walker at Grass Bandits. Um, Solid handle. Worried about the offence beyond Joe Boy's injury at the moment. Number one, ability to read the field, that interception. Number two, all dink and dunk plays, meh. Number three, why is our number one playmaker, Uno, not getting the ball? Is it poor, is it poor play calling? You don't see JJ, Cup, etc. limited to 40 yards when they are only option on their offense. And Simon's, Simon's right, I think. But I do think no, that sort of mere play, play calling and vanilla play calling and static conservative offenses is all linked to Joe's injury. I have to say, I really, the more I think about it, the more it seems, which makes it even more extraordinary that they're not 
pound in the run game, really. You know, um, I, I do. I do think the point on it's sometimes difficult with wide receivers, isn't it? Because they have to get the ball into their hands, them to be able to make a play or get some separation. And you know, but, Uno Uno is is double teamed a lot as well. Yeah, no, true. I I not to see T Higgins had a good game yesterday, but you you kind of almost do want those guys. You know, to step up, and if Joe Burrow is struggling a bit, really sort of make some things happen. And I, you know, I know Joe Burrow's not been right, but as I said before, the talent on that offense, we shouldn't be worst in the league, considering some of the guys that are out there, rookie quarterbacks that are starting with. You know, you look at the Texans, for example, that obviously must be better than us if we're last. They're number one receivers. This that Nico Collins, and they've got C.J. Stroud out there. It's not. You know, I just think regardless of if Joe Burrow's playing with a little bit of a knock and he's still able to run around and do things, he's not by anything. And you look at what Mahomes did with that sprained ankle, you know, last yeah, year exactly. in, the, yeah, yeah. In, in the playoffs. Like, you know, you can do it. He could barely walk the geezer at times. So, yeah, I, I, you've seen other people do it. I, I think to an extent you kind of want these guys to step up and get open and make a play and help him out because this offense should not be last in the league in three and outs. Um, you know, it's just it's not it's unacceptable even with a 75 80% Joe Burrow. So, uh, yeah, questions do have to be asked and And again, and again, we could have won that game. Do you remember that little um over the shoulder pass into the end zone to Jamar Chase? It was great coverage, but he almost came down with it so close to scoring a touchdown. Um so again, we're not far off. There were signs of improvement in this game. So. Oh, the only thing I'd say is if you take the Charlie Jones freak play out, which was incredible by him, but you yeah, take yeah, that yeah. out, the offense really, you know, 17 points. The Ravens will, I mean, the Ravens are one, if not two steps ahead of us, you know, the whole game, let alone that, um, you know, that big special teams play. And fair play to, you know, the young lad. That's incredible to, you know, such an incredible live play to watch. But, mm. you know, you take that out and it's a fairly comprehensive win, I think, for the Ravens. So I think it that's flatters us. Point. It that's flatters us, I think, a three-point loss. Um, all right, but, yeah. okay. All right, all right. Matt. Sorry, Sam. Pat's Monday, Mi- in it? I'm, I'm, <laughs> right, I'm sad. Yeah. It's a sad Monday. Uh, Pat me bollocks at Pat me bollocks. Uh, JB woes and stuttering offense aside, what really irked me was the lack of pressure on Lamar. You can't give him the time and space what we did and not be severely punished, particularly with their decimated O-line. Lots to work on. Alex Costa at Alex Costa 93 Looking at the comments, there is a lot of negativity around, so I thought I'd bring a positive. Absolutely no one has been talking about the OL. That in itself is a positive. No news is good news, as they say. That's a fair point, Alex, I think. Um, Maybe Joe Boy thrives on the crazy. He needs a bit of a dodgy line to... Maybe you know, to jump and jive around back there, yeah. yeah. Derek Davis at Bengal Bites. This team is giving me 2019 vibes. Joe Boy should have rested longer. I'm starting a count. The momentum meter to track how many times Zach Taylor references gaining, losing momentum... A common fallacy in sport. Is it though, Derek? Is it? I think momentum does exist in sport. And I think that's... Or you can call it something else. You can call it confidence. I mean, we... You could say that um, when we were on that 10-game winning streak last last year, that was that was momentum. That was confidence. You know, um, uh, Tip the Bengals at Ireland's Who Day. Uh, second Solid week, handle. Second week with the defensive line not getting enough pressure on the QBs. Richard Murgatroyd at Richard Merg 90 When are you doing your first mock draft? It's not that bad yet, Richard. Come on now. Uh, but seriously, if Burrow has a, has re-hurt his calf, where do we go from here? 
If we play Browning, we'll be picking in the top five. Goodness. Uh, Macca at Return of the Mac. Solid handle. Borrow on the shelf for a few weeks. No pass Can't stop the run. The fastest secondary in football constantly seeming a step behind the deep ball and we can't get chase open. Season far from over, but we are in bother. At least the line looks decent. Exactly. Gaz Proc at Gaz Proc to five. Owen two with an injured QB is a disaster. No two ways about it. Come back too soon. And the only way it will get better is rest. There you go. That's uh, Gaz's uh, fairly strident uh, opinion on whether we should rest Joe Boy or not. Um, King Shaka, 0-3 at King Shaka, 0 Solid handle. Uh, Burrow not even at 50%. It looks ineffective run game and tight ends. Where is Miles Murphy? Seems like ineffective drafting this year. Well... We'll see. Again, too early much to say anything. Um, last line of defence at Kieran underscore Barmer. Uh, 0-2 is not a huge issue, but 0-2 when both losses are divisional games is a big problem in the AFC North. The pass pro looks a problem, and the refusal to run the ball to reduce pressure on pass pro is baffling. Lack of interior pass rush is also distressing. Uh, Paul at Picar Burns. Going to use a film title to describe last night. The good scored some touchdowns. Yep, it's true. The bad, 0-2 start uh, to the season. Both losses to divisional rivals. Yep. And the ugly, Joe Burrow hobbling after the match. Not a brilliant start, but saw flashes last night of good team play. Uh, Killian at Malloy underscore double zero. Kidding ourselves if we think we are contenders. With Burrow's injury, the secondary showing weakness... And a seemingly overall lack of depth, where does that leave us? The last few years were fun, but I have a feeling we're in for a reality check this year. We're miles off it. Oh, goodness me, Killian. Keep your chin up, mate. Um, Matt Curzon at MC Curzon. Uh, there are positive. The line looks the best of JB's career, and Mixon looks good. The play calling leaves a lot to be desired. Irv Smith proves why we should have re-signed Hurst. The defence had a very poor game, a very pre-season feel to the team. Not a great start being 0-2. Matt hit upon something there by saying it has a pre-season feel, the team, that is. And I think he might have a point. You know, it feels like they're not quite in pre-season mode, but they're not they're not coming out with energy or, or that sharpness of ex- execution, you know. I completely agree. I, I wouldn't be that... I'd be okay with where we are now. When I say okay, I wouldn't be saying, you know, ruling us out of being contenders and all of the rest of it if it wasn't for the fact that Joe Burrow's calves hurt. Because they can, they did this last year, and, you know, sometimes teams have bad games. I think because we know we're a good team, we're used to getting to, you know, deep in the playoffs the last couple of years. We've got a bit spoiled, and it doesn't work where every week you go out there and you tank a team, and Joe Burrow throws for 350, 400 yards and four touchdowns. So you aren't going to have bad games, especially when you haven't played anyone in the preseason and you're playing very good teams within your division. So I wouldn't be that terrified by it where we are now but the, like I said before with not having Joe Burrow there it, that is the concern because you can get past a couple of games where you, you know you're getting into the swing of things and you know you, there's a lack of preseason. but I think if Joe's not there I have serious concerns how this team is able to get past the bye week like we said before with more than one win and in which case you'd be you know not out but you'd be very much down 
Yep. Uh, Sean at Shawnee01. Let's use Sean to wrap this up. Uh, I am eerily calm this morning. There was promising signs towards the end. So if Joe is healthy, I think we'll be fine. Donald on the agenda is scary. On the bright side, if Joe does have to sit out and we go 0-4 or 5, we might get flexed out of some primetime games. So um, there we go. Where do we go from here then, Sam? Well, we play the Rams on Monday night, and of course, it's um, it's a it's it could be a fun game, right? It's um, uh, it's 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 a uh, Ring of Honor. Boomer's yep. going to be in town. Uh, Ocho Cinco's going to be in town. They're going to get their fancy jackets and their name up on the on the wall there. Um, I just I just hope that I think I think I'm right in saying it's a whiteout game, isn't it? I think. Um, so you know it's it's all set up for a win, or the cynical among you might say that's all set up for a loss. Um, I hope. I mean, the Rams are playing well. Stafford's playing very well. They've got a couple of young receivers. You know, Tutu Atwell um, and Puka Nakua. I mean, he's what Nakua's looked looked like. I don't know revel, revelation. He's been playing sort of you know the in it's the, insane, isn't it? The Cooper Cup role, isn't he? I mean, hasn't he had two? Back to back hundred yard games, is that am I right in saying he's that? got the most fifteen catch games. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. He had the most receptions of any wide receiver in NFL history as a rookie in two. I think he had something insane like thirty two catches across two games, which is bonkers. I mean that's not a yeah, bad total yeah. for the season for some players. Fifteen for hundred and forty seven yards against the forty nineers on Sunday. So, you know <laughs> good. And Kyron Williams at running back looks pretty good. Uh bloody hell. Um, we've, that, that, mean, that's Sean McVeigh and his coaching staff doing a really good job with some guys that you wouldn't have known their names three weeks ago. You know, I certainly didn't really know Kyron Williams. You wouldn't have known much about Puka and Kua. And, you know, they're, they're not a bad side, the Rams, but I, I, that's where you've got to take your hat off. A lot of people saying, oh, Matt Stafford, he's done and he's not looking that good. They're down Cooper Cup and, you know, they're playing very well. They they got a great win against the Seahawks. I believe it was on the road week one. Not a lot of people, you know, fancied them in that. So, yeah, and to run the 49ers, who are a very complete team, look very, very good, run them fairly close. I think, you know, you've got to take your hat off to them. You know, this guy's like Skronik. Um, a receiver as well. Tyler Higby's all right, isn't he? He's not his sort of middle of the pack tight end. You know, your Van Jefferson's again, sort of bit Ooh, of depth there. Van, but... Van Jefferson's had a bit of a bit of a yeah. nightmare start, hasn't he? A couple of incredibly crazy drops that he's had. But yeah, so um, I mean, Super Bowl rematch. Does anyone care about that? Probably not, because the teams are both in both very different positions now. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah, we could do with a win, and I'm I'm sure the crowd's going to be well up for it. Um, a win would change everything. You know what American football is like. Every single week, you know, a loss feels like you've been, you know, beaten over the head, and a win feels like you've had a bottle of champagne. And I, I think the the difference, I, I I think it's good enough nearly to call this game a must win. If you go one and two and you beat the Rams. Everyone feels much more positive. You know, the wheels start turning. People, you know, you're sort of proclaiming that, oh, the offense finally clicked back into gear. Here we go. Good win that against the Rams. You go 0-3 and we followed the uh, Bengals long enough to know when it feels like the ceiling's closing in and the walls are closing in after a couple of bad games in a row. And at 0-3... 
for sure, if we haven't already, you get the attention of the rest of the NFL pointing their fingers at you, and you know, then you all feel a bit down in the dumps, didn't you? So it's a big, big game, like you said. And the, do you know one thing I'd say: crowd was incredible against the Ravens. It was loud. It felt like they really did their part to spur the Bengals on and get behind them. And I'd like you said, big Monday night game, Super Bowl rematch, all the stuff with the Ring of Honor. I'm sure it'll be even louder um, for that game, knowing the the sort of magnitude um of the game itself so yeah big one yes i i agree um you know it's such an occasion isn't it? monday night football a real tradition and an institution in the sport great to have a monday night game at paycor you know we're still a good team we're just getting there a bit slower than usual um it should actually be a really quite a good game i think now um whereas before you kind of say yeah the bengals are sort of 10 point favourites now they're down to six I think it's going to be a close game and it just depends on on whether Burrow's going to play we should be hearing from uh, <laughs> Zach Taylor in a matter of moments as soon as we turn this recording off Zach will be taking to the podium to, to chat he might reveal a bit more about Joe Boy uh, and what his fate is and goodness me I'm not quite sure what we're going to do if he's if he announces that he's they're putting him on IR for the next four weeks you know um i'll have to do an emergency pod tomorrow night i think or something like that but yeah it should be a great game looking forward to seeing boomer and chad back in town and uh but yeah uh we'll see what happens with joe's calf uh you can let us know what you think about it all on twitter at who day underscore uk uh instagram come and say hello bengals underscore uk and on facebook bengals uk uh so We'll be back next Tuesday to uh, chat about the Monday night game. Uh, but until that time, it is a who day from me. And a who day from me. Cheers, guys.
And it should also be noted that the views and opinions expressed within this podcast do not reflect those of the Cincinnati Bengals organisation.